Assalamu alaikum sisters and welcome to Real Muslima Talk. I'm your host, Um Abdurrahman, and on this podcast, we'll pull back the curtains, take down the barriers, and have raw, insightful, and honest conversations on living as a Muslima in our modern society. We'll discuss everything from spirituality to mental health, from marriage to growth, and much, much more. So sit back, relax, grab yourself a coffee, and let's have a heart-to-heart here on Real Muslima Talk. If you enjoy the podcast, head over to our Instagram page at Real Muslima Talk and join the conversation. The topic of marriage is a very broad and deep one. And to be able to go into sufficient detail, we'll need to divide this into different parts. So on this episode, my guest and I will be focusing on how to prepare for marriage, as well as taking a trip down memory lane to discuss the beginning of our journey that led to marriage. So join me in welcoming my good friend, Saliha. Uh, We've known each other for quite some time and we always have uh, discussions about marriage. So inshallah, this will be very, very interesting. Assalamu alaikum, Saliha. Wa alaikum assalam. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Alhamdulillah. And how about you? Alhamdulillah, I'm good. Uh, are you are you ready for this for this talk? I know that you're quite a private person, you know, when it comes to discussing in public. But inshallah, this will be of greater benefit for a lot of the sisters out there. So, are you ready? Yes. Yeah, so initially, when we discussed this, um, I was thinking, you know, I've spoken so many times on a public platform, but marriage is a topic that I've just never ever been ready for. But I think that because it's you, I I think I feel comfortable and I'm hoping that it will give a benefit to some of the sisters that are listening, inshallah. Yeah, inshallah. And um, yeah, I'm honored to have you. And let's begin. So first and foremost, um, you're married for how many years? Uh, it's going to be six years in May, inshallah. Oh, wow, mashallah. So um, yeah, that's quite a fair bit of time, I think, to get used to, you know, and settle properly into marriage with the family, etc. So uh, take us back to when it all started. Like, when did you start thinking of marriage uh, and actually considering it? And uh, how did it all come about for you? How did this topic uh, come about for you? Okay, so I began studying Islam from a very young age. And um, for that reason, of course, um, dating was never going to be on the cards for me. Um, So whilst, you know, whilst I was a teenager, um, there were peers around me that were involved in relationships. And I would say that sometimes there even used to be a little bit of peer pressure. However, um, Mm. I persevered. And I think, you know, when you know why you shouldn't be doing something, it's so much easier for you to kind of um, keep a hold of yourself. Yeah. So I would say, I would say I didn't really think of marriage. Uh, if I, I didn't really think of marriage much, but then I think what really, what really hit me was when my uncle, I was, I was actually, we had gone to um, Mecca to perform Umrah and uh, I was walking uh, out of the, outside the Haram towards the hotel we were walking. And I still remember very, very clearly my relative had said to me, um, so, you know, do, do you want to get married? You know, I know quite a few really, really good um, prospects and things like that. So at the time, I was really young. I was 17. So oh. when you're 17, you're thinking things like, you know, love, 
um, companionship, romance, that kind of stuff, a bit of roses without the thorns. Uh, you know, you're thinking things like that. So mm, I was like, yeah, sure, you know, I was open to it. Um, but then what actually ended up happening is when he did mention it to my father, my father kind of hit the roof and he said, no, 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 she's too young. She's not ready. She still needs to finish studying. She needs to really just learn how to live in the world before she, um, you know, gets into such a huge commitment, which in hindsight was something, which in hindsight was just something that was really wise of him, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. I'd say that's uh, really plausible of him to step in and um, take care of the matter. Because I guess when you're young, yeah. like you said, you have naive notions of, you know, marriage. And I wouldn't say necessarily it's wrong notions. It It is like that, yeah, that is a part of marriage, but it's not the full picture. Mm, yes, exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah. Because marriage and dating are two completely separate things. And, mm. you know, because we were brought up in, you know, uh, well, I was brought up in the UK, so it, it's quite common, you know, to have the dating scene. Um, yeah. But of course, you know, I did, I was totally against that kind of, um, that kind of a relationship. So, mm. yeah, so Alhamdulillah, that's, that's good. Um, because with myself, I've, there were quite a lot of um, girls around me that, like you said, were involved in that. But Mm -hmm. I think what also helped was um, my circle of friends. So, you know, who I hanged around with, alhamdulillah, they were of similar thinking to me. And we kind mm -hmm. of felt that, you know, it wasn't really, I mean, look, there's no point investing all your emotions into somebody mm. who it's not even guaranteed if it's going to work out or not. You yeah. know what I mean? And then yeah. Yeah. you're setting yourself up for this, you know, horrible break breakup and it'll be really you know, traumatizing for yourself. And then, you know, in future, that will also affect your future relationships and how you approach that and, you know, what your ideas are about that. Mm. Uh, so if I can just stop you there, it just takes me back to something that one of my teachers had said to me uh, when I was studying Islamic studies. And I remember her saying that if you protect yourself and you safeguard yourself from falling into this kind of sin, inshallah, Allah will give you a spouse that is that you're going to be so grateful for simply because you 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 waited for Allah to make it halal for you and I think that that was really profound because sometimes I'm speaking to sisters look I mean it's luck at the end of the day um but sometimes uh you know I'm speaking to what, sisters what and they luck uh, you know wait sorry hang on uh so sometimes when I'm speaking to sisters they'll actually say to me that I believe that my spouse is so good or I have such a great relationship because I safeguarded myself um, mm. as a teenager um, and they, they, you know, that's their reason. But ultimately, at the end of the day, um, you know, we do know that things are up to Allah and there is such a thing as Tawbah and there are people that, you know, did date and they did marry the person that they were dating or, you know, and things did work out really well for them and they're in healthy relationships today. But I think it was really profound what my teacher had said, because I think that that kind of stopped a lot of us from wanting to get into a relationship because we didn't want to have bad marriages later on as kind of like a punishment as such. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was also, um, one of my teachers also told me that, subhanAllah, that, you know, the marriage needs to be built on, you know, 
a good foundation, a solid foundation. And if it's based, mm. if you're already starting off in haram and in displeasing Allah, then mm. how are you going to expect the barakah? Of course, you know, there is repentance and, um, mm. you know, to the, with Allah, that's starting over a new leaf, right? But mm. for those who, you know, we don't know whose acceptance, whose repentance Allah will accept, right? So we try mm. and avoid that sin in the first place, right? Mm. And mm. um there's the ayah um, in the Quran, At-tayyibatu lit-tayyibina wa-tayyibuna lit-tayyibat. So the yeah, good Allah men, the pure, the pure men are for the pure women. So Allah, ultimately, he knows and he will combine, uh, you know, depending on how you think of Allah, he will combine, mm-hmm. you know, inshallah, a good spouse for you if you've chosen to um, save yourself for marriage in the hopes that, you know, Allah will bless you in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so at this point, your father refused, you were 17 years old. And then when did the actual, um, like, when did the serious seriousness begin of this whole topic? Yeah, so actually what happened to me is at 17, like I said, I was like, yeah, why not? And then about five years later, where when I was in my early 20s, my father, you know, mentioned it to me randomly one day. And at this point, I was actually uncertain and I was a bit hesitant. I wouldn't say that my ideologies on marriage had, you know, turned a full 180, but, you know, I was, I had been exposed so much more. And because I was active um, with, uh, you know, the da'wah and things like that, I was, you know, I I knew a little more uh, than I should have Mm. at my age. And I think that really kind of tainted my ideology on marriage as well, because whereas before, I was like, you know, it's all, like I said, you know, a bed of roses with no thorns, but it's really not. And it's, it's, it's a serious commitment and there are many, many obstacles. And um, I think also when people come to you as like the Ustada, they're only coming to you with their bad stories because they want help, you know, mm-hmm. for, you know, they're coming to you and it's a cry for help. So nobody's really going to pick up the phone or message me and say, Ustada, you know, I'm having such a good marriage. Oh, I went on a date today and my husband did this and that. You know, they're telling you their problems and they want you to help them fix them. So I only had, most of the time, I had a negative portrayal of marriages because think people were always going through issues. So at that time in my life, I was quite hesitant. And I had said to my father that actually I'm really not ready Um, To which he had said, no, keep an open mind. And then like, you know, that's when he said, look, if there are prospects, I do feel that you should consider them. So then, you know, I did think about it and I did need to do some contemplating. I needed to decide what I wanted and what I didn't want. And then after that, I think, yeah, I started looking into um, prospects. Did you feel that... um uh just before i mention about my uh, story i just want to ask you did you feel that um did you feel that age also influenced that decision in terms of like you were getting older and you felt like oh i need to find a spouse at this time or was Um, it just because your father brought it up yeah it was really just because my father brought it up because the people around me a lot of them, they got married at 25 and over, and I hadn't yet reached my 25th birthday. So for me uh, and for my family, I was still pretty young, but my father had mentioned it to me for his own reasons. Hmm. 
That's mm. interesting. So with me, um, basically, I around the age of like 18, I'd say, um, mm-hmm. I kind of like got my proposal, you could say. Before that, I, I did get, uh, while I was studying, I did get like, you know, relatives and that interested in like, you know, maybe marrying me off to their, I don't know who they had Would you say there were subtle hints here and there? Yeah, they were. Well, at one point there was even, you know, an overt hint like where they were like, oh, you know, um, I think, you know, you should get married to this person and blah, blah, blah. And like these are distant relatives. They're not like, you know, any my parents or anything. But I was just like laughing it off because, you know, I was studying at the time that wasn't really um, one of my one on my cards kind of thing and there's a huge um what's it called like there's a huge not a stigma but it's a it's a thought that goes around it's an opinion that's quite popular mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you know oh you when you get married like your your life is basically your freedom or whatever is going to come to an end so you know you won't be able to do the things that you want to do and all that stuff it's funny you should say that because my father he actually has a slight ideology like that So he'd say things like, no, she's my daughter, so she should just, you know, kind of do whatever she wants now because after she gets married, it's just going to be like a submissive thing, you know. He's actually got that mentality, so it's funny you should say that. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people have that, you know, that mentality. And the Mm. thing is that um, it's it's quite sad because marriage, obviously, is something that, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's a union that uh, Allah has made for human beings right for a man and woman to come together um you know in this in this uh, contract of marriage and um mm. the fact that people have this idea that you know marriage is the end of your life and whatever no it's not like it's mm. it depends on Definitely. it depends on how they of course they are influenced by their experiences and their culture mm. and their whatever they went through in their lives but I feel like you know this fear-mongering is not really it's counterproductive you know what I mean and so me yeah so while I was studying I was like oh you know I'm not even going to think about marriage like what is all this about like my life I have you know I want to do so much and uh, study and do this and do that and I had you know my own dreams and ambitions Mm -hmm. and uh, subhanallah so as I was just you know, studying and um, busying myself in that, I kind mm-hmm. of didn't really have even time to think about or entertain any of those, um, you know, uh, proposals, you could say, or those ideas. Yes, and, I just want to stop you there, yeah. if you don't mind. Hold your no. thought. Um, so you were saying that you were busy with your studies. And um, I, I wanted to intervene there because, you know, I do teach teenagers and this is something that I always, always tell them. And that is, that, you know, when you do get into a relationship, it really does mess with your emotions and you are unable to study. And I personally know of not only girls, boys as well, that failed their GCSEs and their A-levels because they were in a relationship that wasn't good for them. And it only Mm -hmm. ended up making their life worse. It's not to say that, you know, you can't study later. Of course you can, but those really are your years of knowledge and studying. And that and at that age, I think that's what is important for you to concentrate on, because being in a relationship with the opposite gender, it really does mess with your emotions. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there were um, 
you know, unfortunate cases where people had got impregnated and they actually had, you know, they, the child. And subhanAllah, it was yeah. like, of course, they had to, you know, not only uh, leave school and that they had to kind of run away from the community. And, you know, it was, it was, we could see that, you know, happening. So we were, of, of course, we were informed that, you know, this really wasn't, um, isn't the co correct part. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and it's not a peaceful life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, of course, you know, Allah, alh Alhamdulillah, you know, Allah saved us, and um, mm -hmm. you know, because it is very, very, very easy and tempting. I mean, imagine you're a teenager, you have all these hormones, you have all these like you know desires and whatever coming up, and you feel that you know, y you being in a relationship with someone will fulfill that aspect of you know your needs and your wants, but in reality, it opens up a whole door of, you know, problems. Mm, 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 definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, sorry, back to what you were saying before. <laughs> yeah, so I was, uh, at this point, I was studying and uh, I wasn't too interested. And then um, fast forward, like, a couple of years, mm -hmm. uh, I'd say when I was about late 18, um, yeah, around that time. So I had come to... Um, I had gone abroad for a holiday and subhanAllah, the, because my family is also uh, in Zimbabwe and, you know, in the UK as well. So I had gone uh, for a holiday to Zimbabwe. It was like in the summer holiday. And at this point, I had finished my A-levels as well. So um, it was kind of like, you know, that time where people are not really, well, some people, they're not really sure of where how they want to go about, you know, doing things in the future. Do they want to mm. go to university? Do they want to start working? What is it like? So I had this time, this summer holiday to like kind of think about what I wanted to do. And in that time, a proposal came through, which um, was actually from my cousin. So from my father's side and um, my father had, of course, you know, brought the proposal to me and suggested it. And I was like, at first, I was like, I'm not, like, I'm too young. I actually said that. I was like, I'm too young. I was 18 mm. at the time. And um, I wasn't, like, I, I, that wasn't something that I was too interested in. Mm. But, subhanAllah, then what happened was I had this accident, which was quite major, and um, I was, like, on a go-kart or something, and my hijab had uh, got stuck in one of the, one of the one of the wheels as as I was like you know going on the on the go kart, and oh, wow. it was so severe that it literally um, my hijab had ripped off, and my whole neck was um, kind of like friction burnt. So it was all like the skin had come off and it was bleeding. And in that moment, I literally was praying the shahada because I was like I could go any minute. Like that's how serious oh, it was. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I was like immediately everything just was put into perspective there and then like my life could be ending right now like mm, what have mm. I what have I achieved what is it that I mm. want to do with my life and mm. um I remember like after after that incident and alhamdulillah it took it took a while but I healed from it and mm. I I just said that you know what uh at the time the my husband well my the the proposal the proposer mm -hmm. he was basically uh 
studying in Medina. And I was like, and that was a route that I wanted to take in terms of, I felt like I wanted to seek, you know, more, more knowledge to do with the Dean because I had also, you know, my, my whole uh, childhood, I had spent like, you know, in madrasa and learning about the Dean and stuff. And I think that you reach a point where the more you learn, um, the more you realize you don't actually know much. And it's kind yes. of like a life, lifelong journey and you just want to carry on, right? Yeah, yeah. Studying Islam is an ever-growing uh, uh, journey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really just never-ending, subhanAllah. And so this this notion that people have of, you know, just studying it for a few years, a, intensive mm. in, I don't know, Alimiya program or something like that. I mm. personally, I feel like that's very, very limited and very restrictive. Like you, it's, if you really want to, you know, delve deep into it, it has to be a lifelong journey. And so after this, like you could say near to death experience, I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I want to, I want, I really want to pursue this path that I was thinking about, which was studying uh, in and stuff. And so, yeah, that's when I actually started to consider um, the proposal, even though I was so young, I was like 18 coming on to 19. Um, but I felt like if my life was to end at that moment that I had the accident, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Age doesn't matter. It's just a number. It's about how much you've yeah. actually accomplished and how much you've, you know, done for yourself mm-hmm. to put forth for the Akhirah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, wow. after that, we'll get into, you know, how it all happened after that. But I before... want you to carry on because it's so interesting. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, I want I want to know. Uh, you said that your father brought this up, right? And um, yes, yes. thereafter, you started, you know, f- deciding what it is that you wanted in in a spouse. Yes. So, what kind yes. of things? How did you know? How did you make this mind? Were you reading books? Were you li- listening to lectures? I think when it came to marriage, I think it was more people had issues and. Whilst I had, uh, you know, on paper, you know, the fiqhi rulings for certain things, but, you know, you can't always give a black and white answer. And I think from there, what ended up happening is I started reading articles and things like that. At that time, I was studying psychology as well. And um, I learned that there were things that I just did not want. So whilst I wasn't sure about what I wanted, I knew what I didn't want. Yeah, and that's... yeah, that's really yeah. that's really um, a, a good place to start. Actually, you know, to write down what it is that you don't want, because at the end of the day, once we have so many at times that we don't even know, you know, it's just mm. an endless list. But what mm. you don't want, that's important place to start. So it's really good that you started from there. Yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah. So, 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 like, I had all these things that are just deal breakers for me. I cannot go ahead if if it's going to be this, and um, one of them was. I am not moving out of London. I need a family support structure. I need my family nearby, um, things like that. I will not marry the only son because of the stories I had heard. And I had said that I will not marry an alim or a sheikh. And I know you're smiling because I did end up doing all three. Uh, Then there was another one as well. I was not going to live with in-laws. And uh, we'll get to that later on. But it was something, in fact, that I was going to stipulate when I did meet a prospect. Mm. So that is um, really interesting that you yes. had these deal breakers, right? And mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. 
we'll get into it later how it actually you know flips how upside down things. and yeah. yeah and how Allah plans things and that you know subhanallah I actually had my whole life I was saying mm-hmm. I will never marry a cousin like my cousin no ways you know because mm-hmm. for me I was like you're already family like why do you need to now marry that person you know what I mean mm-hmm. and of course only after you know you get married and everything do you realize that Subhanallah, you know, your cousin can be your cousin, but he's not your mahram for a reason. Like Allah um, has made it such that only specific mm. people um, are your mahram, right? And your cousin mm-hmm. is not one of them, unfortunately, or fortunately in uh, some cases, because I guess sometimes what happens is people, um, you know, in thinking that their cousin is like their brother or their cousin is, you know, this their sibling who they'll never get married to, they get mm-hmm. too close to them. And subhanAllah, we... I've heard, I don't know if you've heard of oh, plenty yes, yes, cases times. where, yeah, and they have like plenty cases where they've either, you know, committed zina or they've actually, um, you know, engaged in a messy relationship and, you know, affairs. Well, one of them has taken advantage of the other. Yeah, and it's, subhanAllah, it's really, really messy. And that's why, like, even I did the niqab uh, episode the, in the previous episode but I, I I forgot to mention that, you know, even though your cousins are, you know, your family, but there's still a boundary there. And f- with me for niqab, it's very important. And um, yeah, I felt like that definitely helped to eliminate so many issues um, to, that pro- probably could have, you know, come about. So it's like mm. a preventative measure, Subhanallah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And uh, yeah, so this whole and also I had like you know I guess also in the community they're not they're not very understanding in terms of oh they're like oh it's just your cousin you know why like why did you even consider that? Um, mm. But when you look back even at the time of the Prophet he himself married his cousin you know Zainab bin Jahsh and also the Sahaba you know they married their relatives and mm. there's really nothing mm. wrong with that. I think people need to. Mm. We need to break that uh, stereotype, and I think um, yeah. it's definitely been broken in my eyes. <laughs> yeah, I think that when it comes to marrying a relative, there have also been uh, times where it's caused more harm than good within both families in terms of yeah. relationships. Relationships turning sour. Um, yeah, see, that's one of but- the things that I had a really like. I also was afraid of in terms of, of course, you know, marriage is bound to come with its, um, you know, fair share of uh, conflict mm-hmm. and, you know, mis- misunderstandings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's what I was also scared of, um, that, you know, I don't want the my relationship with my family mm-hmm. to go sour mm-hmm. if something were to happen mm-hmm. between me and him, for example, if since mm-hmm. we're cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it's case to case basis. And if you know, for example, there are toxic relatives and, um, you know, Mm -hmm. you definitely wouldn't want to get into, you know, marriage with that whole, you know, toxicity. But, um, but I think in this case, I really was looking at, um, you know, the man and how he, how he was. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that definitely influenced my, my decision. Mm -hmm. Um, and that just goes to show that, you know, at the end of the day, Yes, you have, you know, a fair bit of control over, you know, who you end up with. But mm-hmm. ultimately, it is in the hands of Allah. And, you know, he chooses, yeah. 
your partner for you, uh, tailor made to you, and you know yeah. what kind of. I think like, it's to. Yeah, I think you have to remember that Allah is muqallibul qulub, so mm. He is the turner of hearts. So whether you feel that something is a deal breaker for you at the time, when He sends somebody, He will change your heart because He, Definitely. you know, knows He is the one that knows that this person is what's going to be good for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And um, then the the whole istikhara comes into play as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so at this point, so you had, did you have like multiple proposals to choose from, um, bearing in mind you had these deal breakers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um, so usually my father would come and tell me about somebody or sometimes even just a relative and I would ask them questions and you know um the answers that I would get I wouldn't be happy with so like for example I'd you, ask them things like would you yes? actually sit down with them and ask them questions or would it be like through your it would father, usually or? just be in passing. Yeah, it would be with my through my father. I'd okay. you know I I just have questions in passing because also I'm not going to just meet someone without doing a bit of research. Mm-hmm. I know some people, I think it works differently for everybody. So yeah. some people, they want to know too much. And, um, you know, they're asking too many questions where by only this, the man will be able to answer those questions. You know, even his mother and father won't be able to answer those questions. But then there are certain questions that you can ask through um, a third person. And, um, you know, that should that should help you decide whether or not you want to go forward and meet that person. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so when I'd ask, yeah, so so when I'd ask certain questions, I just didn't like the responses that I was receiving. Um, for example, I mean, one of the biggest things for me was living with in-laws. And it was always, no, uh, well, you are going to have to live for the first few years just so that you can adapt to the family. To what my response was, what I'm going to be adapting to a whole new man, why then do I need to adapt to a whole family? That is going to be so overwhelming. It should be a stepping stone. It should be one at a time. Let's adapt to him first, and then slowly, slowly, the family will come. And I think yeah, that, so you made culture, that clear, people don't seem to understand that. Yeah. And I would say that I was labeled as a difficult person in my community, actually, because I had this stipulation. In fact, mm. and now that, you know, it's been so many years, it's been like eight years, nine years now. But in fact, at that time, and even later on, I was described as a bad influence because apparently I was influencing my cousins and the girls around me to have those sort of expectations. Um, whereas I wasn't, I wasn't sitting there and telling people you have to do this and you have to do that. I was just sharing my opinion, what my, what, what I felt things should be like because of yeah. all the stories that I had heard as the Ustada in the community. Hmm. I mean, to be honest, that in itself, when people, you know, label you as a difficult person, just because you are you know, communicating your boundaries and your, uh, you know, values and what you want, uh, that mm-hmm. just in itself is a red flag. And yeah, it's important yeah, to yeah. realize that. Yeah, so you, 
Mashallah, you, it seems like you were very um, aware and you were uh, very confident in and of yourself as well. So tell us about how, because of course, you know, when you, before even like, let's say before the proposal comes or if there, there are proposals, but the woman herself, how does she prepare herself to, you know, like face this kind of, this chapter? I think that it's, I think when you are looking into marriage, I think it's very important that you do start reading, you do start listening to lectures, and also that you speak to people of different ages. I don't think that you should just stick to your people your age. You need to, you need to ask people that are older than you, um, you know, whether it's by a decade or two decades, whether they're, you know, seniors, um, because they will open your mind and you'll be able to figure out what it is exactly that you want. And also, I think addressing things that have happened in your life, in your childhood, that you don't want a repeat of. So, for example, it could be that um, your family, your mother and father didn't get along so well. Now, trying to identify what was it that didn't allow them to get along, right? Mm. I don't want that now. So I'm going to ensure that this is something that I'm, I'm not looking for or I am looking for. So I See, think the thing there's is... a number of things. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. See, the thing is, um, I feel like when when people, for example, I know because I was there at one at one point in my life where you're mm -hmm. kind of looking at these, um, you know, movies and these uh, whatever serials, uh, you know, these drama series and all that. And it's social media like, influences. Yeah, and the main thing that I come that you know, well, my notion at that time was marriage equals physical intimacy right and mm -hmm. that's just as blunt as it's going to get because that's what you that's what they portrayed it as right that's what they portrayed relationships as mm -hmm. but um of course it's much more than that and i feel like definitely you know now there is a lot more information out there um in terms of you know what because first and foremost the woman needs to know like she needs to know herself right what are her values? What are important to her, right? Like you said, you had your deal breakers, right? But then you probably also had like certain values that you held in high esteem, right? Mm -hmm. uh, do, you, do you remember any of them that you had? Um, I think the values I had then are the same values I have now, which were, um, you know, I want somebody that's going to be on the same wavelength as me, um, spiritually, religious, uh, in terms of religiosity, um, in terms of just how they perceive the world, you know? Okay, um, but you said that you didn't want a sheikh or an alim. Can you tell us the reason why? Okay, so in fact, I think it was more because of what the people around me said. So the people mm. around me would say, like, things like, two lawyers can't get married, um, to like an alim and an alima, they can't get married um, because what ends up happening is there's too much conflict. Mm -hmm. And I think that that kind of freaked me out because I'm quite an opinionated person and I didn't want, I didn't, obviously I want a peaceful marriage. So I think that was kind of what put me off. And also um, I do know like a lot of women, there were a lot of women there or, or men, where they did get married to an alim or a sheikh, and they didn't like, they they didn't enjoy 
like being labeled as the imam's wife and things like that because mm. it was just something that was not for them yeah yeah definitely um i think there is a fair share of you know responsibility and pressure that comes mm. because if your husband has you know a public figure then mm-hmm. you're able you you basically have to you know look a certain way or act a certain way and if not yeah. then it's like kind of you know tarnished and all that so yeah i now i get you i get you what you're saying um for me i don't think i i had that as a as a thing because for me the main thing was you know I, if he has the knowledge of the deen then mm-hmm. hopefully you know the inshallah he will be able to you know act upon it um yeah. and so i'm just going to stop will... you there that was another reason that there were there are shuyukh and there are alim out there yes maybe only a handful and like you know with every field there are always going to be rotten apples but i had also heard of stories where these men would use their authority to you know behave in a narcissistic manner um which is of course not the case all the time in fact a majority of the time like you said because they have the knowledge they are actually more god fearing and they have more taqwa but mm. at the time you know there were stories like this that i had heard so i think it was a few things that had really just put me off mm. yeah yeah and what's also interesting is because i myself had you know some uh, to some extent i had studied the deen and i had you know knowledge myself uh, to some extent so I felt like, you know, if anything, um I would be able to, you know, bring out my my evidences or my I know you what you said about, you know, two two um lawyers or, you know, two heads colliding, but I felt like mm-hmm. no, I would be able to kind of, you know, voice my my side and I wouldn't be wrong because technically I would be, you know, taking it from the lives of the uh, the life of the prophet and the sahaba, you know what I mean? Yeah and then one masala would last 3 hours. <laughs> well, I guess it all depends on the personality of the person as well. So not only about the the fact that they have knowledge or not, but how is that coupled with their personality? So for example, yeah. if a person, you know, is a soft-hearted or they are more accepting of, you know, mm-hmm. other other opinions or, you know, another say, then mm-hmm. I think that, you know, that will um that also impacts whether the you have a peaceful marriage in that or not yeah mm, yeah 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 so um basically you know the for the woman to know herself she has to you know realize uh, first and foremost like we mentioned her values right mm-hmm. and then also i would say um you know to when you for example when you know in your life right you have relationships with other people like so you have relationships with your siblings with your parents with your friends right mm-hmm. you have to know what kind of a person are you when it comes to those relationships are you a person who for example with myself i'm the second uh, second born so i know that i rely a lot on my sister so you know my older sister and i growing up as well i was kind of like always um influenced you could say by you know what she was doing and i and i felt like mm. oh that's also what i want to do you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so knowing that about yourself that are you a person who is a leader or are you a person who is easily influenced by others um mm-hmm. are you are you a stubborn person 
you know, or, mm-hmm. or are you like willing to, you know, give others uh, their, you know, their right, or you could say, give others their way, uh, despite mm-hmm. you knowing that, you know, that ne- not necessarily is the correct way, but just for the sake of, you know, the for the fact that you want your reward. So what mm-hmm. kind of a person are you? That's first and foremost, you need to understand that and that you need to really sit with yourself and, you know, um, realize, uh, analyze your relationships with others and then mm-hmm. see, okay, what kind of a person am I, right? Mm-hmm. And it comes, you have to be true to yourself, right? Because if you're going to be uh, behind this facade of, oh, you know, no, I'm I'm a good person, you know, I mean, people are good people. That doesn't mean that they don't have their weaknesses. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And identifying mm-hmm. your weaknesses is also mm-hmm. very, very crucial because then that will enable you to then look for somebody who doesn't have those perhaps same weaknesses so that you don't fall into a clash. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. So if somebody, mm-hmm. Yeah. So if somebody, for example, you know, is um, a leader and now mm-hmm. they want to get married to somebody who's also like really strong-minded, then mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it can't work out, it can, but just pre- be prepared mm-hmm. that there will be some kind of, you know, clash or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, conflict at some point. Mm. But I think that once you get married, I think you do really kind of tame yourself or you... Yeah, we'll, we'll, you get, into, we'll get into that in, inshallah, in episode two okay. as to, you know, how mm-hmm. marriage, because yes, this we're talking about all before marriage um, mm-hmm. and, you know, being aware of these things so that, you know, mm-hmm. when you're actually going into the marriage, for example, right, mm-hmm. you um, are aware and you know that, okay, a conflict could arise due to this, right? Mm-hmm. And perhaps mm-hmm. if you have multiple suitors, then you could mm-hmm. see, okay, uh, you know, this person is maybe perhaps too strong-minded and I'm, you know, I'm not willing to let go of my opinion, that kind of a thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. before marriage, it influences. Of course, after marriage, we'll talk about that and how, you know, sometimes things change. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Apart from, apart from, you know, those kinds of things, what else do you think, how else should a person get ready? How else does someone prepare uh, themselves before marriage as a person, as an individual? I think, to be honest, like character plays a mm-hmm. huge role, right? So, mm-hmm. um, for example, if you are a person who uh, is constantly having, you know, arguments with your parents or siblings or whatever, mm-hmm. try and look within and say, okay, like I, I want to, you know, get married and inshallah, I'll be living with somebody else, right, in, in, mm-hmm. in the same space and everything, right? So mm-hmm. I need to, you know, start refining my character from now so that it's mm-hmm. easier than because remember that person most probably is going to be a stranger and they're going to mm-hmm. come with their own, like, you know, their own um, view of the world, their own baggage, their own everything, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you have mm-hmm. to be already, like, car- uh, marriage in and of itself, I believe, is a, a process of character refinement, uh, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But yes. if you start that process before marriage, it's definitely mm-hmm. much easier. So, for example, mm-hmm. you know, if you, uh, like I said, if you're a stubborn person or you don't, you like things your way, maybe perhaps start to, you know, consider giving, giving your siblings kind of their way and start to like, you know, just 
try and change. Also, I'd say listen to, there's a lot on YouTube and, you know, podcasts and books on like, you know, um, so like you said, the psychology of males and females, you know, you have the um, attachment styles. So, um, you know, people have different attachment styles, being aware of it, being aware of your attachment style and also the different other attachment styles that there are so that, you know, you can identify that. And then also, for example... And also identifying your love language. Yes, there's exactly. A there's a PDF on that. That's quite interesting. Yeah, there's... Uh, a, the the Gottman Institute. Yeah, there's that one. And then there's one by a man called Gary Chapman. Um, but I can't remember it, but I think it's an excellent book to read uh, before you, uh, whilst you're looking. And even um, even if you're married, I mean, I think it's a good PDF to read. Yeah. The Five Languages yeah. of Love. I think it's called something like that. Yeah, definitely. And to be honest, this um, kind of stuff, I didn't know at that time. I don't know if you knew of these um, attachment styles, or, you know, love languages. Did you know of that um, before you got married? Yeah, I'd say I was pretty switched on. Um, I guess it's because, you, know, you know, credit, yeah. I'd say credit also, you know, to your father as well for... Um, you know, stopping that at 17 and giving you those years to work on, yeah, work on yeah. yourself. Yeah, but it's not wrong to get married at 17 either. So, yeah. I yeah, think, I mean, I think, definitely yeah. not. But I could say definitely from my experience, um, mm -hmm. I, looking back in hindsight, I didn't have the experience. I was naive. Um, I, there were so many things that looking back, I, I feel like, you know, yeah, we can't go back and change, you know, the past but mm -hmm. we can definitely you know teach that to the other people and mm -hmm. create that awareness so that other people mm -hmm. don't fall into those same mistakes so I do feel like age to an extent um mm -hmm. plays a role however however it depends like if you use your years mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. you know um expose yourself more to these kind of things and to learn more and to you know really um what's the word to sort of engulf yourself in that uh in learning mm -hmm. and you know growing yourself then mm -hmm. that will that's when age comes to to use you know what i mean otherwise there's mm -hmm. no point in you being a, an of older age but your mind and everything is still as how you were when you were a teenager you know what i mean like yeah. meaning mm -hmm. you have the same ideas and stuff yeah 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 which you do get from you you do have people like that in the world because they live such sheltered lives yeah, yeah. Mm. And, uh, you know, you were talking about um, your, for example, looking at your parents' relationship and how that's like, and maybe perhaps what you yourself wouldn't want for your relationship based on that or what you would want, right? Mm. And that mm. brings up the topic of, you know, childhood trauma. And I feel like mm. um, I personally only ever, uh, you know, started looking more into this whole aspect of childhood trauma like mm -hmm. maybe two or so years after marriage. So because what it is, is that relationships, right, they bring about um, your inner child, right? And um, when you are young, right, and you've mm -hmm. been through certain experiences, positive or negative, mm -hmm. it subconsciously stays with you throughout your years, right? Oh, yes. And you only ever, sometimes you only ever realize them or recognize them once you're in a relationship and you realize, you know, I'm having this conflict 
and why is it like and then you you look for all the reasons and then finally you say oh okay when I was younger you know for example my mom said this to me and that's why now when my husband says that to me it triggers that inside me and I get even more mad for example you know what I mean yeah yeah deeply affects you yeah 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 so um I'd say also, you know, of course, you you can't really know exactly what your childhood traumas are until, like I said, you know, you are in a situation where it's being manifested, but mm-hmm. you can still learn what is childhood trauma, what are the signs, what types of childhood trauma are there, you know, and mm-hmm. just really knowing yourself, yeah? Mm-hmm. So, also, in a nutshell, sorry, in a nutshell, um, preparing, when you're preparing yourself for marriage, um the conclusion that i i got from you is that you should you should be meeting the expectations yourself as well from from you know so if you're expecting something of your spouse you should also be expecting those expectations so for example i want somebody that's um going to um you know be good at listening just for example and then you know you should also practice being a good listener for example and then you were saying something yeah. about how um you should you should i don't know if you mentioned this actually about um loving yourself first and also improving your character and improving yourself and trying to become yeah. a better person every day and then you also said you know working through your past trauma and moving towards healing yeah yeah i feel and, like it's yeah. yeah and i was going to add one more thing to that and that is practice to be adaptable before you get married Yeah. So that if you're somebody that's used to getting your way, which I am, um you, you need to learn to adapt and you need to learn uh, with with other people around you so that you're kind of ready to adapt when you get married as well. Yes, exactly. So that's what yeah. I was saying about uh you know pre- starting the process of character refinement before mm-hmm. before actually getting into marriage, right? Mm-hmm. So um Yeah, definitely practicing that with your with your siblings, with your parents, with your family around you, with your friends, you know. For example, a lot of the times when we have it for example with our siblings, we we're not necessarily polite with them or we're not necessarily, you know, considerate of them uh because we feel like oh, you know, they're my siblings, you know, and we're close like nothing's going to really break us kind of a thing. Mm, and but you don't realize that you're hurting their feelings. Yes, exactly. And the truth is that um it is your relationship is being affected. And sometimes, you know, siblings become distant and whatever. Yes, they probably might not cut off uh, ties, but they they you know, their relationship is isn't very peaceful, you could say, right? And working on that before even thinking of like you know, working with a partner and all that, working with what you've already got. Yeah? and um like i said knowing yourself if you are like true to yourself right know yourself mm-hmm. but also know your weaknesses but also know your strengths as well know that mm-hmm. um you know what 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 is my personality like you know am i a compassionate person am i um you know in in terms of strengths as well yeah because mm-hmm. i feel like self esteem is incredibly important to build mm-hmm. before going into marriage because that will prevent you from getting trampled over by others uh mm-hmm. getting confused as to 
you know, what it is that you want and then you're getting pressured and then you're succumbing to that pressure because you yourself are so, uh, you know, you, you don't know what's going on. And um, so to build that self-esteem, and I feel like that comes with maybe perhaps doing things, uh, taking decisions in your life, right? Mm-hmm. That you may, you might be like, for example, afraid of, you know, um, taking that course at university because mm-hmm. you feel like maybe perhaps, you know, it's it's too advanced for me or whatever, but still putting yourself out there and seeing like what you're capable of achieving, right? And mm-hmm. also making decisions, um, you know, for yourself. Definitely you can take, you know, the shura and the istishara from others around you, right? The um, consultation, but ultimately know that this is your life, right? You are going to be um, held accountable for the decisions that you made Despite whether, you know, your parents were saying this or your uh, family were saying this, uh, you're going to be, you know, held accountable. And to know that at the end of the day, my accountability is going to be on my own with Allah, right? How do I want to then live my life? Mm. Mm. And uh, that brings me to a really, really, really important point, which is along with building your relationship with yourself, and those around you and all that, I feel like the most important is ultimately building your relationship with Allah. Because if you, for mm-hmm. example, you know, have a um, a negative view of Allah, right? Mm-hmm. If you, for example, think that, you know, or, um, you know, at the end of the day, all these people, you know, their marriages fail and, you know, there's no hope for me and this and that. Mm-hmm. Well, you've mm-hmm. basically undermined Allah and Allah is as his servant thinks of him right so mm-hmm. definitely yeah so if you have that tawakkul and that yaqeen that you know you know Allah will give me um, the person that I uh, that I want the person that is best for me and the person that you know will ultimately will take me to jannah right will will help mm-hmm. each other in getting mm-hmm. the pleasure of Allah and ultimately reaching jannah right mm-hmm. and if mm-hmm. you have that faith and um, you're, for example, waking up for tahajjud to ask Allah, uh, you know, mm-hmm. to bring you someone or to ha- allow you to find someone who will be X, Y, and Z. However, you, you can either say what you want or leave it open-ended to Allah. It's all up to you. You know what I mean? And for me personally, mm-hmm. I, um, I, I left it to Allah. Like I was mainly making the dua, Rabbana atina, uh, Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa zurriyatina qurrata'ayun wa ja'alna lilmuttaqina imama, that one. And with the, with the yaqeen and with the faith that, you know, you want at the end of the day, you want to be, um, you know, lilmuttaqina imama, you want to be, you know, pi- pious people and bringing up the next generation of pious people. And so personally, I just left that up to Allah and I was like, Allah won't, won't let me down. You know what I mean? They, his choice is always the best choice. And even if mm. it's something that perhaps is difficult for me, but the mm. fact that I know that Allah, um, you know, chose that for me, there is khair mm. in it. And, mm-hmm. you know, even if there's, let's say, a conflict or it results in divorce or something, at least mm-hmm. I was, you know, assured that this is al-alimul khabir you know the all-knowing mm-hmm. the all-aware and he knows why he chose that for me and it was definitely for a reason mm-hmm. and yeah so ultimately building a relationship with allah is very very important as well because remember this is unknown you're going into the unknown 
right? And mm -hmm. Allah is the knower of the unknown, right? And so mm -hmm. when we have that relationship with him, right, we're able to, you know, put that trust in him and we're mm -hmm. able to go into it more confidently than, you know, if we were to just, for example, rely on our own research or our own, you know, what our families told us, etc. Yeah. So now moving on to, you know, actually meeting the, so I think we should just fast forward straight on to when we met the, the spouses that we're married to today and how it worked. Um, because I think a lot of people, they have this notion that an arranged marriage is a forced marriage. So I think mm -hmm. like to be able you to know what's really interesting a huge difference between that. Yes. You know, Go what's on. really interesting is that, um, before I was coming on this um, podcast with you, I was like asking my husband, you know, so um, how would you describe, like, did we have an arranged marriage or what? He was like, mm -hmm. arranged marriage, that's a forced marriage. I was like, I burst out laughing. And I was like, it's so funny how people just have this notion that arranged equals force mm -hmm. when it's actually mm -hmm. uh, two completely separate things. In fact, I have another ideology completely, and that is even people who meet through other people and they date and whatever, initially their marriage was arranged. If they end up getting married, it was arranged. The date was arranged. It's very rare that, you know, you bump into someone and all of a sudden you've fallen in love. Like, that's for the movies. Yeah, well... I mean, maybe it can happen at times. Like, for example, if you, I don't know, if you um, see somebody at, at university and then, you know, you end up, uh, you know, marrying them. Uh, mm. So I guess it can happen. But like you said, majority mm. of the cases are actually arranged. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so in terms of arranged, it's technically brought by brought by someone else, but then you yourself take up the like follow it up you know what i mean so if you mm -hmm. yourself are interested you're like okay let me find out more etc you know what i mean mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so 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 how would you say it happened so you were you were told about this so this proposal had come to you um via a relative or it had come straight to your father your parents like how did it work so because like i said mine was my cousin um even though oh, to be yes, honest yes. i wasn't really um I wasn't uh, close to um, to my to my cousins as such because, you know, they grew up in a different country and we were in a different country, and so um, you know you don't have that close relationship. So um, yeah, I didn't quite know him, like know his personality, etc. Not that much, but um, meeting for the first time was like for marriage. It's just completely different and. Um, mm. Yeah, it just, so yeah, my father did bring the proposal to me. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and to which, see, the thing is, different parents, you know, approach things differently. So, for example, your mm -hmm. father, you were, um, mm -hmm. what, um, 17, and your father, you know, like, was like, no ways, my child needs yeah. to learn, etc. Whereas yeah. my father was kind of, like, open to it. And mm. he was like, oh, you know, um, when he brought the proposal and I even told him that, you know, I'm so young. Mm -hmm. But he was like, oh, you know, meaning that doesn't really matter. Mm. And mm. I don't know what he was thinking, like why he, um, you know, thought that it was OK. Maybe because he assumed that, you know, I, 
I've been through a significant amount of, you know, education or whatever. I don't know. But nonetheless, um, I felt like because he was okay with it in terms Mm -hmm. of, you know, he was okay with the age and everything. And he didn't say anything of, you know, me being um, too, like, uh, not ready. So, mm-hmm. and I also kind of felt, uh, how the accident put things into perspective for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that for me personally as well. But having said that, my mom, um, you know, and my mom's side, they were like, you know, you're so young. Like, what? Like, and because, like I said, I had an older sister as well. I have an older sister, so she was um, supposedly, you know, going gonna go first. And you know that whole thing of how if you yeah, have yeah. an older sibling, then they go first. Which, yeah, um, I don't. I don't know. What do you think of that? I think that I, I think every person is unfair. Perceived, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's quite unfair. And it's quite, I would say, a backwards um, mentality to have. You know, if someone, if there is someone suitable, then they should, you know, be able to get married. I mean, there were in the Prophet Sallallahu time as well, there were uh, companions and women who got married before and after their siblings. So why should it be any different for us? Why are we following a culture that's making things complicated? Mm. Yeah, Mm. see, the thing is that um, a lot of these external pressures that come, uh, Mm. you know, when you're you're looking for somebody, I know, you know, friends who, for example, they've got like a proposal or, um, Mm. you know, they're interested in someone, but the family Mm. has to have their say of, no, he doesn't have this much money or no, he's not... He's not a doctor or no, he's not. And that's why I'm saying if you're not building yourself up and your self-esteem and your um, confidence and your what like your boundaries and stuff, you mm. ultimately will be so succumbed to these um, these pressures, right? Mm-hmm. I remember so when you have I to be was strong enough. You have to be exactly. strong enough to set boundaries and you have to be strong enough to say no. Yes, and you can I learn all that, that now. You have know, to practice. like we said. Yeah, you can mm. learn all that by reading and, you know, listening and learning how to how to do that, how to set boundaries, etc. Mm. And so, even when I was, when people came, to, when other people came to know of, oh, she's considering, you know, getting married, mm-hmm. I literally had people telling me that, oh, you know, um, you're basically just finishing your life off. What are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. and it was really hurtful. But at the same time, I stood my ground because, like I said, that accident happened and I knew that ultimately it's my life and I need to do things to prepare for my hereafter and for me I saw marriage as a stepping stone to that you know what I mean to achieving what I wanted to achieve I didn't see it as uh, you know a blockage or something that's now going to end my life etc right and also Mm -hmm. it's uh, I had this thing where I I kind of knew that of course, you know, children are in the hands of Allah, but I kind of knew at the back of my head that I didn't want to, um, you know, go into it and have children straight away. You know what I mean? I, I did want mm-hmm. to wait a few years and then see, you know, how um, my situation was or how, you know, because I wanted to study, etc. So how were my studies going, etc. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to put, put, put you on a pause right there. What is your opinion on that? Because, um, I mean... Uh, you know, we've been married uh, quite a few years now. And how would you cope with somebody? How would you cope with that kind of pressure? 
somebody asking you like, oh, no children yet? Like, how do you go about that? You know, I really want to um, answer that here, but Mm -hmm. we shall wait for the second episode, inshallah, where we will discuss that into, because that comes Mm -hmm. after marriage, right? Once you're married. Yes, Uh, sorry, we're getting off topic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but no, okay. it does. Yeah, it does play play a part here as well because you know knowing what you want. But mm-hmm. uh, okay, so you said um, in terms of you, so you had these few proposals. So then, how did you get to this one? Do you know what? I think things were just not working out for me, and like I said, I had there was one condition that I was not prepared to give up, and that was living in a joint household. That was something I was not interested in, and. Mm. Um, because of that, and because most of the proposals, I mean, house prices in London are absolutely crazy. And, um, you know, I think it was, everyone just seems to have this mentality that, no, you need to get to know the family and you shouldn't have to live alone. uh, You shouldn't live alone from the beginning and that kind of stuff. So I think for me, I was dead against that. And because of that, you know, I did have heated arguments with those around me and things like that. And then For that reason, I had decided that, right, now we're going to put a pause on this whole marriage thing. I am not interested in even hearing about a single proposal. And I was like, that's it. I want everything silent. And alhamdulillah, no one said anything to me for about nine or ten months after that. Wow. And then... That is a fruit of sticking to your principles and your boundaries. sticking to your principles, yeah. Even though people are going to label you as the bad guy, it's okay because Allah knows. And I think that that's what's important for you to have those sincere intentions. And then, um, I don't know, and I was just going through my own stuff. And one day, actually, what happened is um, a relative of mine had said to me, "Um, would you be willing to leave the country? And... At that moment, I don't know what came over me. I was like, yeah, why not? You know? Wow. And I think I think then that's where, like, there was a turning point because then he said to me, well, um, I know of somebody and they are looking to uh, get married and they are actually planning to um, come to the UK to visit prospects. So, you know, would you be willing to be one of them, basically? And to that, I had said, you know, I don't see why not. And I mean, uh, that's how we do things. Uh, so um, in so amongst my family, uh, th- there are some people who, you know, met their, whoever they're married to, they met them through dating or whether they were working with them or something like that. Whereas mm-hmm. um, there were other members of the family where they'd have a series of meetings um, where they'd meet the person and then decide whether or not um, they want to go ahead with the proposal. So yeah. mine was the latter, where uh, my I had a relative that had mentioned it to me, and I had said, okay, why not? And then we waited. And what actually ended up happening is due to unforeseen circumstances, um, the prospect was unable to come to the UK. Okay, um, so when you say the prospect, he is that now the, the man who is now your husband? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, of course. But like we're talking in the past. So I thought yeah. maybe yeah, yeah. I should no, just to him clarify, just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's what happened. And then, yeah, he was unable to come. To which there was a bit of an unconventional idea, which was something that I was extremely uncomfortable with. And that was 
um, why don't you guys meet online? Yeah, I was just going to say, that was pre-COVID, um, so you you couldn't have yeah, even it was, and now this is the new normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, you know, I, I just felt like, ew, online dating, you know, that, that, that's what came to me. And I thought, no, you know, and um, I was really uncomfortable about all of it and everything. But then at the same time, um, it was better to have a meeting over a video call than to spend hundreds of pounds coming to a country just to meet one person. So um, I thought that, you know what? Okay, fine. Let me think about it. And also um, a good why I why I am glad that I did this was. Now, now that, you know, we're in the COVID times, a lot what's happening is photos are circulated, right? And people reject um, photos based on, um, you know, how somebody looks. And the thing is, it's, it's like a passport photo. And, yeah. you know, you, 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 you I, I think it's unfair to reject somebody like that. And I think that, I think as a woman, as it is, you're so concerned about your looks and stuff. Imagine being rejected because of your photo, like how much it will mess with your self-esteem. And yeah. that, like you said, that's something that needs to be strong at, at this time, at this moment, when you're, when you're looking for, yeah, when you're looking for somebody, you need to have that self-respect and self-esteem and confidence within yourself. So the middleman had said that, look, have a Skype meeting. That way you guys will see how you look and stuff. And at the same time, you can converse and you can see how it goes. So um, I was like, okay, fine, you know, let's do that. So um, we did that, you know, we gave the middleman our Skype uh, IDs and then they told us what time we need to be online and stuff like that. And then that's how we um, had our first interview or meeting. When you say middleman, do you mean it was... Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Well, do yeah. you mean that mm -hmm. when you say middleman, do you mean like it was a relative or some Yes. Stranger? So this was... No, no, no. So for us, the middleman was um, a distant relative. Um, okay. but we're in, yeah, yeah, but we have a good relationship with him. Okay. Yeah. So he kind so, of like set you guys up, you could say. Kind of like the matchmaker. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So, um, did you have your questions prepared before this or? Okay. So, um, yes, I, I, I did. I had. I, so I had lots of questions, and in fact, I had gotten them off a Muslim uh, dating website or something. Uh, you know, you get those Muslim matchmaking websites. I had actually written down the the questions from that website, and I had written down the questions that I wanted to ask. Oh, wow. So you were well prepared. Yeah, yeah. I, I was quite prepared. Yeah, yeah I was nice. quite prepared. But having said that, my first meeting only lasted 15 minutes. Wow. Maybe, maybe, maybe even less. To be continued on the next episode, inshallah.